Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to Core Conversations, a podcast committed to initiating conversations about diversity in healthcare and academia from the perspective of doctor of physical therapy students. Join us as we dive into identifying the diverse issues in our community, gain a better understanding of different perspectives, and foster discussions to promote an inclusive environment for all. This podcast is produced by the University of Florida Doctor of Physical Therapy Class of 2022 DEI Student Committee, which is a subcommittee of the Student Physical Therapy Association. The content does not represent the opinions of the University of Florida, the College of Public Health and Health Professions, or the Department of Physical Therapy. And my name is Cortland Rains. I am a second year physical therapy student at the University of Florida. And I am here with our guest, Jacini Jake. She has her bachelor's in psychology and she was the captain of the track and field team at Temple University, which is located in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And she also has her master of education in counseling. Currently, she's working as a learning specialist with college athletes at Temple University. And she's also a counselor in an outside organization called Black Men Heal. Sydney, welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Cortland. I really appreciate it. I'm really excited to get to speak with you and Haley today and dive into some of our awesome topics. I think you did a great intro of me. Yeah, I mean, working at Temple, Temple grad, all that great stuff. So I also, as you mentioned, was the captain of the track and field team there. So I'm really excited to, to dive deep into our, our topics today. Yes, yes, of course. I forgot to mention, I was also on the track and field team. I was a javelin thrower. So that's kind of how we established our connection and got to know each other. And Haley also is here with us. She is another classmate in my program. Haley, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. So, hey, guys, I'm Haley Hasty. I am also a second year DPT student. And I was also a track and field athlete in college. I ran track as well as cross country at the University of Connecticut. Awesome, Haley. Thank you so much. I'm excited that you can share this co-host experience with me and just get to introduce Sydney and learn more about her perspective and all the great things that she has to offer. So I want to get started and just kind of give out the goal for the episode of today, and then we can get into some general topics and yeah, break it down. We're really interested in bringing Sydney on because she has this great perspective of working with student athletes and also getting that perspective of outside of the physical therapy practice. So Sydney, can you tell me a little bit about kind of what brought you to working at the Resnick Center and what kind of led you to be so interested in getting your master's in psych and getting into that field? Yeah, well, as a Temple student athlete, I was not unfamiliar at all with the Resnick Center. Back in the day, you know, before I actually was employed by the Resnick Center, I knew it as study hall. So I just always knew about the center in which, you know, student athletes would receive academic support. And then it was my senior year of college where I was looking for an internship. I was a psych major and uh, I started really building a great connection with, he was my supervisor at the time, but who is now my boss, uh, Justin Miller. And he really kind of took me under his wing and, you know, something that I became really passionate about while I was a student athlete was this idea of giving back to student athletes. I think there's this experience that from the outside seems like everything's perfect, but you know, when you're in it and you're living it and you're feeling it, you realize like very quickly that it's, it's a job, it's, it's a task. And it is tasking 
on you on a daily basis. And emotionally, mentally, socially, academically, athletically, it's just a stressor on you. And really trying to think of different ways that I could give back and help and support one of them being, you know, counseling. I'm really passionate about sports psychology and eventually kind of working my way into that field where I can actually just mainly focus on mental health and focus on balancing athletics and academics with student athletes, with collegiate athletes. But it was something that I was just really passionate about, like being able to give back. And the Resnick Center was kind of like a direct line to that, being able to just support them and guide them and give them advice on, you should get involved in this and do this. And, oh, I, I know that obstacle. I know that brick wall. And let's maybe think of other ways of maybe avoiding that. And I just was really passionate about being that person to someone who I wasn't, like, I didn't necessarily have as a freshman or a sophomore. Absolutely. Like, that's so great to hear that your focus was really on giving back. Cause sometimes we, we get into this, we're in undergrad. And first of all, we're student athletes trying to pick a major, like that alone in itself (laughs) on top of everything. It's like, I'm not quite sure what I want to do, but I think your focus of giving back is just so it's amazing to hear because you know, you're going through it. And sometimes, like you said, you you might have that help and that support, like the Resnick Center. And then there's going to be times where, you know, you have a student athlete who doesn't have that. Yeah. And what do you do in that scenario? How do you, how do you communicate to them? How do you get to their level? And the fact that you have that experience of being a student athlete, but also being able to now give back and help out and see their situation. That's amazing. Yeah. It is very yeah. rewarding. Of course. And I think that is interesting with, with physical therapy, we focus so much on just the body, but if we're not focusing on what's happening up top it, in our head, I mean, that's a connection. We always talk about that uh, mind-body connection, and there's got to be a way for us to kind of, to bring that forth, to bring it to light. So I love that you were able to, to bring that for us today. Absolutely. Thank you. So we're super excited to have you here, Sydney, with all your expertise and kind of the mental aspect of sports, which plays such a huge role that people don't always truly appreciate. And so something that we wanted to talk about to start off is super exciting. The past couple days, the U.S. Olympic trials for track and field have been going on. And I think we've been able to witness some insane athleticism. There's also been a lot of that perseverance through obstacles, as you mentioned earlier. So A couple athletes that come to mind are Shakari Richardson, who absolutely lit up the track in the 100 meters. And then we hear that just a week ago, her biological mom passed and she was kind of dealing with that under the surface, very quietly out of the public eye. And then another super exciting race for me to watch was the 400 meters, where Allison Felix and Quinira Hayes took the top two spots and they're both mothers and seeing them continue to shine on the track was something that I was really excited to see. I was just wondering if you've been watching and what have some of your favorite moments been so far? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I almost just got emotional again. (laughs) Just thinking about Allison Felix and her counterpart. I, oh man, you know, 
Allison Felix and Serena Williams, you know, some of these other Black women athletes who are professionals and it's their job and it is, this is their livelihood. And they're also trying to have some life outside of this, you know, marriage, children, things like that. And Serena Williams and Allison Felix both faced very tough pregnancies and almost lost their lives. I also like grew up with Allison Felix, you know, when the commentators were saying that this was her fifth time potentially going to the Olympics. I was just, that really put into perspective for me. I have grown up with this woman after Marion Jones, which that kind of crushed my spirits a bit, but you know, after Marion Jones was Allison Felix. And I, I just can't believe seeing her as a mother and really watching her drive and push herself to make it to her fifth Olympics. It just, it was amazing and it was beautiful. But it is also something that really puts into perspective when you are an athlete, when you are especially an athlete of color, a Black woman who's, you know, trying to have some sort of balance in your life, that there are these other things that almost feel like they don't have room. Even though they're a part of your identity, they're a part of who you are, they almost don't have room because there's an expectation for you. And whether that's an expectation that's put on you or if that's an expectation that you have on yourself. I did also watch the interview of Shakari Richardson's race after she ran and just seeing how hard she was trying to hold it together when she was saying like, you guys don't know what I go through on a daily basis. I'm out here, I'm trying to win, I'm trying to do my best, but you don't know, you have no idea. And as she was saying that, all I could think about was being in the locker room with my teammates, all the conversations that we had together, just like, this is so hard. And I can't even imagine it at that level, because I've never been at that level, but just even at the D1 collegiate level, I know what that was. And so multiply that by whatever and it's like wow that is your experience and I don't know how to fix that I don't know how to fix that but maybe if we bring more awareness to it we we shed light on it we at least let it know that it is something we're human beings and trying to balance tons of things at one time while still maintaining a level of professionalism that hopefully that can present some some solution or just some strategies to manage it better. Absolutely. And I think athletes and especially female athletes, Black female athletes are perceived as resilient and strong, and we don't expect them to be going through these things. We expect them to perform. And I think professional athletes are under such scrutiny from the media, from their fans. And when people necessarily might behave in a way that people aren't expecting or present themselves in a way that people aren't expecting, that can be met with some backlash. And it's so important to understand that these athletes are human and that that comes before anything. Yeah. And so kind of in that vein, something that we were thinking of is, so Shakari Richardson is the coolest in my mind. So she comes onto the track with her orange hair, her nails are done, 
She has these long lashes, tattoos, everything super cool, pointing at the clock as she is coming down the stretch to run a 10-6 meter time, which to anyone listening who doesn't know track and field is absolutely insane. But I was just kind of thinking about all the love and support that she's received, and rightfully so, in the past few days, and kind of something that someone who I follow on Instagram shared that I thought was really interesting was a post that said, a gentle reminder to love and cheer for Black girls with orange hair, long nails, tats, and lashes, even when they aren't the fastest woman in the country. Hmm. And I thought that was so thought-provoking because I feel like we have a tendency to kind of police women and the way they present themselves and express themselves. And so it was so cool to see people supporting her for being herself. But I was just kind of wondering, oh, if she wasn't this superstar, what if she was just some girl, you know, walking down the street with her orange hair and long nails? Would we be perceiving her and supporting her the same way? And I was kind of interested to hear what you thought about that. Mm-hmm. I don't really think we would treat her the same. It makes me think about the separation that athletics does with Black athletes. We can go back to, you know, OJ, right? Um, he's like, I'm not Black, I'm OJ. There's this separation when you get to a certain level in the entertainment industry I mean athletics is you know a part of entertainment in a way but definitely with black athletes there is this it's this weird moment where you're like able to kind of detach a part of your identity because of how popular you are in your athletic profession and so if she wasn't a star if she especially if we didn't even know some of the other things that are going on in her personal life where there's this ability to see her as a human being I definitely think there would be a lot more prejudice that we would put on her or that some people would put on her and I mean they're even experiencing it as athletes so there isn't even really the complete removal of it, but there is this idea of a separation. Like, no, they're, they're the greatest athlete ever. That, that's just them. That's, that's what they do. They're in that lane, the athletic lane, the sexism and racism and all these other things that they might be facing. That doesn't matter because they're an athlete. So I think sometimes that could happen, but I do hope that with kind of, the love that Shakari is getting. I think also some of the other stories that we hear like Serena Williams, like Venus, like so many others who are really kind of shedding light on their humanity, that it, it is allowing us to do exactly what that Instagram post is, is showing. Like she's a human at the end of the day, doesn't matter <laughs> how she presents herself, she's a human being. And she has a lot of things going on, just like so many of the rest of us do. Yeah, absolutely. It's so great to hear that you're able to connect on such a level like that. And I think there's been a countless example. Like there's always such 
great women that we look up to, but they have such tremendous pressure on them. And whether they're on the track or they're off the track, it's, it's never going to go away. And their identity is who they are. And like you said, there's just not always enough space for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think when we talk about identities, we think about, you know, we have our social identity, we have our, you know, our athletic identity. And I wanted to hear a little bit about when, and speaking of identities and kind of all the different identities that we juggled, did your perspective on all the things that you were juggling with change as you were going from being a collegiate athlete to now working in psychology and kind of helping others? Did you have like a perspective shift and when you're, once you're giving back? Yes, absolutely. I think, well, one, I think some athletes in college who are dead set on becoming professional athletes, they probably had a bigger sense of identity loss than I did. I think I was like mentally preparing for this idea that I'm not going to run track again and I am going to be working every day. What that looked like, I didn't know at the time, I know now, but either way, there is absolutely a shift (laughs) in identity. And I'm still navigating that now, to be honest. I, I think partially watching the Olympic trials I think a lot of emotion came up for me because I was watching track and I was just like, this used to be my reality. That is so bizarre that it's, I don't know, practicing like two times a day potentially and meets every weekend and everything that's just gone. And really trying to figure out how I was going to channel that with my students hasn't been the hardest transition, I would say. I think it's actually a lot easier. And I think that's because I'm working at the institution I went to. So a lot of their experiences are exactly the same experience I had. And that's also shifted my perspective a little bit just because so many times you feel like it's just happening to you. And so sometimes my athletes will come into my office or, you know, we were meeting virtually and they'll be like, man, you don't get it. You don't get it. And I'm like, I actually get it 100% (laughs) or at least 99, you know, there might be some other experience that you're bringing into this that I don't have, but for the most part is about the same. And so I, I definitely know what that identity loss is. And I think what I just want to try and do is let them know that they're not alone. I just really, really harp on that. You're not alone. And it is so important for you to develop beyond these four years or even your professional goal of becoming a professional athlete, right? You know, the chances of that happening, it could, it definitely could. But what are some other things that you could get involved in that that you are passionate about, like that's not your only identity. You are not just an athlete. And because we know that there will be some sense of loss that happens, that occurs, whether that is after they graduate from college or that is after they are done and retire from their professional career, that identity loss does happen. And so what are some other things that you are passionate about that you can start to develop now before you are just hit in the face 
after four years have gone by and you're trying to figure out, wait, who am I? What do I like? What can I do? So I, I just, I'm really passionate about that for sure. Yes. I think channeling that energy after college is like, you've been doing something. It's taken up mm-hmm. more than 40 hours of, of your week. Like it's the 6am lift and then it's the three classes. It's a quick team meeting. Then it's might be another practice and another team meeting or this. It's like your whole life is that. So how do you channel it? And I think this was one thing I saw also um, just in social media that after athletics, like you might try one thing and it might not work it's okay to keep pivoting and trying new things and figuring out exactly what's best for you because they might do track and they might do, who knows, diving, or they might just do something that's completely different. But I think when we start to balance more things and we balance them well, and we don't kind of spill over, or at least we attempt not to, I think it's figuring out something new is is really important for sure. So do you have any advice for physical therapists who are kind of working with student athletes and they're noticing this identity loss when they're going through injuries? I know for a fact, I've had plenty of injuries myself being an athlete. And there's times when you're out for six months or you're out for a year. I guess like twofold, like how did you cope when you were an athlete? And also kind of what are some things that you are aware of now that would be really helpful for physical therapists to hear? Well, as because I also got hurt and I redshirted. I technically still have a season left, but <laughs> um, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a thing, right? Uh, definitely still have a season left. Um, but that was hard. That was really hard. Being injured, you know, research also shows that that is another aspect or a way of getting to feeling like you've lost a part of your identity because you're not interacting with your teammates, you're not going to practice, you're not doing the things that you feel like you're supposed to be doing. So there's like this sense of, I don't know, I don't want to say worthlessness because maybe that was just my experience, but there really is that feeling of I'm not being productive. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing and that's not okay. So some of the things that I did, to be honest, to help me deal with that was trying to learn what it's like to be a student. Like I really tried that. I wanted to be in student organizations. I wanted to go to like more club meetings, even just interacting with people who weren't in the athlete bubble. It gave me an opportunity to venture out and to see what it's like to be a college student. And that was eye-opening and it was something that I knew I wanted more of, which is why, because I I got hurt my freshman year actually. And so that I got hurt freshman year, fall semester. So fresh in, still trying to figure out how to transition, how to even just get accustomed to division one college athletics and college and all of that stuff. So it was really tough. But it, it really opened my eyes to the fact that there's more I need to be doing. I'm not doing enough. And so I say all that to say that kind of going back on what I was saying before about how passionate I am about really encouraging students to start doing professional development or you know, like there are like at least Temple. Temple has like over 300 student organizations. There are tons of resources available at this school and 
I'm sure every university has tons of different opportunities for students to get involved in stuff. And, and that helps with networking, that helps with so many different things, but it really helps with your own development and learning who you are. I'll never forget one of my professors uh, freshman year told our class that the point of college is not just to learn like schoolwork and your curriculum, but it's to learn who you are. And I think sometimes athletics tells us who we are and we just kind of have to stick with that and just do that because that's the objective, right? And sometimes we don't get the opportunity to see what else we do like and what else we do connect with. And so it's just important, even if it's just like one semester, even a month where you try to get involved in some other thing where you can see, maybe you don't like it, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but at least they tried. And so I'm big on that now in my current role because I know how much I benefited from getting involved in the university. Yeah, absolutely. I agree hundred percent. I had the same scenario where when I was in track and field team and I got injured and there was a point where, and I was also new, I was throwing javelin. We didn't even have a throwing program. So I came in and I had no idea really what was going on. I transferred from Ithaca college. So fresh, fresh. So it was really just battling with that injury and then have this new sport. I'm trying to like, first of all, people don't know what a, a javelin is. Like, that's not really something you see going down broad street every day. So. <laughs> oh, shoot. Anyways. That was so great to hear. And I think that's so applicable to physical therapy and just all the times there might be getting heat or stim and you're, you're just sitting there for 10 minutes and mm -hmm. that's an opportunity to have a conversation like with the athlete, how are you doing? Like yes. really, how are you doing? But at least trying to get some type of semblance of, do you have an identity outside of the sport? Mm -hmm. because you don't want to be that person to tell them, but it is, it's going to help your plan of care. It's going to help how that athlete progresses with you because they might be a little bit you know, worry going into the, the new season. Like, am I actually going to be able to do this again? Like, am I going to be able to get to that level? And I haven't been with my teammates in a while. Like, what's that dynamic going to be like? You know, have I, do I still have that spot on the team? Yeah. There's so many questions that I think we, we're so quick to want to fix everything. But if we laser focus on one thing, we don't, we miss the big picture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I really love what both of you have been saying. Sydney, I think when you said, athletics tells us who we are that was such a big thing for me kind of you're told when you get to college and you're a freshman that you have a job and your job is to score points for the team and contribute to the team in any way that you can and even though I felt like my coaches in college were incredibly supportive when I got injured I was kind of like well who am I now what is my purpose now and so, like Cortland said, if we're PTs and we have an injured athlete come into our clinic, just talking to them and realizing, being cognizant of all the stressors that an athlete faces from their coaches, internal pressure, because, you know, there is some depression, some isolation. Oh, I'm not with my team every day. I'm not getting that social support and some anxiety, you know, I, maybe you're on scholarship, maybe you don't know if that spot is guaranteed next year, if you've been injured all year. And I think just being mindful of that and 
incorporating that into our care as physical therapists is so important. Yeah. Something that I'm like, as hearing both of you speaking, it's what's coming up for me is something that one of my former coworkers told me, and that's the power of building relationships. A lot of times they are not always invested in this umbrella process that we can't see, right? But what they can get invested in is you, is the relationship that they have with those who they're interacting with. And so that is something I am also really trying to, I mean, it's something that I naturally do, but realizing the importance of it, of really building a relationship with my students, it really can help because when they see that you like care about them, that you're invested in them, then there's a level of trust that is built and develops between you. And so when you do say something to them or when you do ask them how they're doing or things like that, it, it means something different to them. It doesn't feel like, oh, you're just asking me this because you're doing your job. It's like, oh no, you care about me. And that could be very impactful for students. Yeah, we were just talking about that today in class, like when we're going through an evaluation and asking our patient just questions, trying to get a, a feel for kind of why they're in, what's their pain concern, like spending the time to actually listen, not so much kind of going down the checkbox and okay, yep, this is going on, this is not going on, but really getting a chance to listen. It's so much more impactful than we, than we really think and give credit for. Yeah. Absolutely. I wanted to say thank you so much for being on our podcast. I think this was an amazing conversation. You were amazing. Had so many great things to say. So Haley, I think we're going to go through what's good. Oh, yeah. So echoing what Cortland said, we're just so excited to have you here, Sydney. And we really thank you for your time. I think this was a really great conversation. And I think one thing that I'm going to take away from it and hopefully other people do is just the importance of investing in people as people and not this superhuman athlete that we see and idolize on the track, but loving people and supporting people throughout the highs and the lows. So we just wrap up every episode with one more question. So okay. we'll start with Cortland. Cortland, what's good? Uh, so many things. Um, we're halfway through our semester of summer, so we're about to start on rotations. I'm so excited to wrap up on this material and finally get out there and <laughs> see yeah. <some> people. <laughs> All about working with people, and I'm so excited. So yeah, everything's good. All right, Sydney, what's good with you? What's good with me? Well, as I was kind of mentioning a bit earlier, we're probably about to start getting back in person, like fully. So I need to switch my mind and get myself ready to be back in person, work with my students. It is really one of the most rewarding feelings when you interact. Like I'm an energy person. So feeling that energy in person really helps for me to, to make that connection with my students. So definitely looking forward to that. Absolutely. Like Cortland said, what's good with me, you know, we're halfway done with our last real academic semester of PT school, which is super crazy. But the best thing about that is we're going to get to go out to the clinic and make those connections with people. So I'm super excited for that. 
another what's good is, you know, I'm super excited to watch some more amazing performances at the Olympics coming up. So I think that will be really cool to see. I second that. I second that. They're about to have me crying tears, waterfalls out here. Oh my gosh. Say that again, absolutely. (laughs) Some good stuff is coming. They've been waiting a whole year. They've been waiting, so it's time. And just wrapping up some credits. So we'd like to thank our production manager, Casey Jackson, doing an amazing job with all the technology stuff. Our marketing and department liaisons are Ali Marcy, Brianne Stefan, and Justice Norman. Our speaker coordination slash recruitment chairs are Monique DeVoe and Rachel Castor. Cortland and I are the research coordinators. And that awesome music you've been hearing is from DJ Ricky D.